Around the world, scientists and entrepreneurs are integrating abundant renewable energy to invent a better future that is healthier and more affordable. That's all good news for the planet. This is Entrepreneurial Journeys, a podcast about entrepreneurs providing solutions to social and environmental challenges across the world. My name is Emma Kloppert, and over the next episodes, I'm going to take you on a global tour to meet these impact entrepreneurs from the cities of Central Africa to the coasts of Europe. How have their companies been built? Which problems are they trying to solve? And what are the honest personal stories behind them? In this episode, I speak to Mariam Lavani, an award-winning social entrepreneur, founder and CEO of Green Hill Recycling, a social enterprise in Lagos, Nigeria, that focuses on tackling the plastic pollution problem in Africa by providing a convenient reward for recycling service. Users of Green Hill Recycling can, in exchange for recyclable waste, earn certain green points, which then can be converted into an incentive or cash. We spoke about how Mariam's idea came to fruition, what it's like to be an entrepreneur in a challenging environment, resilience, and which problems and support she encountered on the way. You know, I just I love adventure. And so that even got me more excited to say, oh, there's such a big problem and only two people are already doing something to solving that problem. And so that was how I got on board, honestly. But before we start our conversation about Mariam's solution to plastic pollution, we have to address an underlying idea or theme about recycling first, the circular economy. The circular economy is a system solution framework that tackles the waste problem. And soon as that may sound a bit convoluted, I will speak to an expert on the topic to lay out the bigger picture that Mariam Lawani is contributing to. When speaking about the circular economy, who better to call than... Hi, my name is Maike Emedame. I'm Director of Circuit Economy at the World Business Council for Sustainable Development. I'm calling in from Geneva. Maike will explain more about what exactly the circular economy is and why it's so important. Now, first of all, I'm curious about the bigger picture of it all, because we hear about the circular economy a lot. But what really is this big circular economy transition we're moving towards? That's a great question. So... A circular economy is uh, an economic system where we really focus on our products and materials being regenerative and restorative for society. And I know this is maybe difficult to understand, but the best analogy for that is a forest. So in a forest, when a tree dies and falls down, nothing is going to waste. Um, it stays there and it's, the nutrients are used by other organisms, uh, food and shelter. So everything is being used again. Whereas in our society, we extract materials from the ground, then we, we use them for a little while, uh, most of the time not much longer than six months, and then we dispose of it. And we have huge amounts of waste that we're not doing a lot with. So what we're aiming for with a circular economy is closing the loop of these materials. So making sure that all these materials that we waste at the end of life, one way or another, can be used again for the same purpose or for another purpose going forward. And why is that so important? So if we don't do that, what would happen? 
So if we create a real circular economy, then we would also address the question of carbon emission reduction, because products and materials are responsible for half or more of carbon emissions. Uh, so we would really greatly reduce the carbon emissions there. Moreover, there's more and more attention for global biodiversity loss. And if it on its own can halt that, then transitioning to a, a circular economy would really have this uh, biodiversity flourish again. Uh, and moreover, I think it's important that we pay attention to import dependence. And if we can close the loops of materials, we in Europe are less import dependent and with that a bit more secure going forward. What would a world look like in 10 years if we can realize the full potential of a circular economy? So one, we would have eliminated waste because there is no waste because everything is being reused. So there is no superfluous packaging. There's no plastic floating around in the oceans ending up. Uh, around turtles or whatever. That is all just gone because we have eliminated waste. Then whatever there is, we circulate. So we make sure that things are collected at the end of life, that there is a right uh, recycling infrastructure available. But one of the very important things is that we make sure that legislation is actually aiming towards a circular economy. Okay, so the rule of governments is clear. From your perspective, what's the role of businesses and entrepreneurs? Uh, yeah, so the role of businesses, I think they're a, a big polluter, but they're also a really big source of innovation um, and a really big source of being able to scale and driving this innovation. So really stepping in and taking responsibility for what's going on, what they put on the market, with who they do that, under what conditions, Um, and I see that the organizations that we work with, sustainability has gone mainstream. It's a question of how can we really, really implement that? And that's what we're focusing on. And then I think the role of entrepreneurs is the really, uh, really new innovation. So where a company can take that, uh, what I just mentioned, and scale it quickly, it's for an entrepreneur much easier to come up with something new, to pivot it, to pilot it, to test it. And I think we are embarking on such a journey that we need everybody on board uh, to try this and, and entrepreneurs coming up with creative ideas of how to do that and new methodologies, new technologies, new service models are extremely important in, in getting all hands on deck. As Micah said, entrepreneurs can play a big role in creating a circular economy. Someone who is doing their bit is Mariam Lawani, entrepreneur and award-winning climate champion as she has taken it upon herself to tackle the waste problem in Africa by encouraging people to recycle their waste. Mariam started her recycling enterprise because she and her community were confronted with the negative effects of pollution in the city of Lagos, Nigeria. And it's hard to believe, but at the time, there were hardly any serious recycling companies. So Mariam realized the gravity of the problem, quit her job as a teacher, and started Green Hill Recycling, which to date has reached over 5,000 households. Creating an entire new recycling industry wasn't exactly easy. To understand her relentless drive and perseverance, it's important to know more about Mariam's background and her family. I like to describe myself as light. I am light. Uh, <laughs> I am... I grew up in a state called Edo State. It's a state um, somewhere in the south of Lagos, of Nigeria, sorry. I grew up as the last child. I'm the fourth of 
for children to very liberal parents. I think that's the best word to describe them. When you were young, what, what was the future you or your parents had envisioned for yourself? My parents wanted me to be a doctor. I'm not sure why, but maybe <laughs> maybe they felt I was I was smart enough to to study medicine, but I'm glad it didn't work out. I studied microbiology instead, <laughs> environmental microbiology first degree, and then I went on to do my MBA. And here I am in business, ended up in business, right? So, yeah. Was being an entrepreneur something you could have imagined for yourself? Absolutely. Because, I mean, my older brother, who was my role model, he's, no, he's late now. Um, he's so rest in peace. He, you know, he always did business, even in, in school as a, as a student, he He was already making money and then just being able to take care of himself. He, he was driving cars and as a student. My mom was a businesswoman as well for the most part of my growing up life. For the most part of my growing up years, I actually saw my mom do business and thrive in business, you know, so... I also started business early. I'm asking this because I think role models and support of family and culture can be um, important as well in being successful as an entrepreneur. So looking back, who would you say were your biggest supporters? My brother. I mean, uh, my entire family, um, because whenever I, you know, let the family know, okay, this is what I would like to do. They were there to support. Even when I had to resign my job, my full-time paying job, to face the business fully, they were there behind me, you know. But I would say the, the biggest person that pushed me on was my brother. Unfortunately, he's, he's late today, and I'm sure he's smiling down and, you know, smiling down at me and should be very proud of what I've been able to achieve. What do you think he'd say to you if he could see you now? Oh, he will have that broad smile on his face with his dimples. And he will say, well done, Miriam. <laughs> Keep going. There are no limits. The only limits are the ones that you set. You know, so that's that's exactly what he will say to me. I'm sure he will say he's proud. Um, I hope. <laughs> I'm sure he will say he's proud, <laughs> man. You know, so yeah, that's what he will say to me. So you, you had some important people pushing you forwards. How is entrepreneurship perceived in general in your environment? Is it applauded or not? How do you experience that? Um, so it, I would say it is applauded because it's, it's, it's clear that entrepreneurship is not child's play, right? Um, especially in our climes in Nigeria, given the economic um situation of things right especially when it's a woman even though the environment was challenging mariam was determined to set up her own company to tackle the pollution problem in africa okay let's get into the world of plastics First of all, could you tell me a bit more about what planted the seed of setting up your company? What, what was the start of your whole adventure? Okay, so um, it was from a personal pain, right? 
during the raining season like this, after several, maybe few hours of rain, you're stuck, you know, everywhere is flooded, you can't move, you can't move freely. There was always something that was common, you know, whenever that happened, you would see all sorts of rubbish, especially plastics floating in these water bodies. You mean you were stuck in the road because of plastic pollution? Yes. So I would always be, and it wasn't just me, right? But I mean, it was a personal pain that I experienced. I remember a day at the time I had just started working. I was a youth copper then. I had just started working and I had to use public transport. I couldn't afford my own car at the time. And I got down from a bus and a car just drove past me and splashed dirty brown (laughs) water over my white long sleeve shirt. I had to go back home, you know. But my point is, why would that water, why would that pool of water gather because there had been floods, the gutters had overflown, you know, itself and all that. My brother at the time uh, was also interested in recycling, you know, so when I ran this by him, you know, he was like, oh, push, push at it, check it out, research and all that. And interestingly, while I was doing that, I could only find two companies. Wait, you mean... Two comp two companies. Yeah, only two in Lagos in the yes, whole of in, Lagos. So that's around yes. twenty million people. Yes. were working on recycling. Yes, only two companies at the time were formally known. That even got me more excited to say, "Oh, there's such a big problem, and only two people are already doing something to solving that problem." And so that was how I got on board. Honestly, so. You saw this problem. You saw the plastic littering the, littering the streets. Um, people got stuck in traffic. You started investigating this. Then there was your brother who gave you, you know, a push and said, go for it. Uh, what was the real first step you, you took to embark on this plastic path? Okay, so the, first, the real first step I took was to go around my community and sort of talk to people, get a feel of... What they, how they were currently managing their waste. And the response was the same. Everybody just packed everything. The food waste, the recyclable waste, everything went to the dump sites. We had to come up with an incentive model where we give points. So people look forward to earning something in the long run, you know, see the reward for the recycling that they've been doing. You know, we've all seen these pictures of piles of plastic cluttering up oceans and rivers, uh, ending up in landfills. Why is this problem so big in many African countries? Is there any system of waste management at all? Yes, there is. Um, There is. Unfortunately, what we have been used to is the linear system, right? the linear economy of take, use, and trash, which which sadly is still ongoing even till date. Again, why I say that a lot of work still needs to be done around changing people's behavior. So you, you sort of hear odd things like people saying, oh, well, if I don't throw it away, how will the street sweepers have a job to do? 
I mean, in this day and age, you still hear people say such things. For some others, it's also the lack of sufficient information, which, which makes education hand in hand with what we do. So now we even go to the schools, go to the public schools, we go to primary schools, and we're trying to start from where that education ought to have begun so that these people, these young ones grow up to be more um, environmentally responsible citizens. Okay, so Mariam, at one point you've spoken to all these households. Um, they're willing to start recycling their plastic waste in return for rewards. So where, what did you do? Did you start picking up their plastic? Where did you bring it? How did that all start? Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I remember the very first day I took a friend and we got this wheeler bins, you know, this regular wheeler bins with two tires. We branded it. We got um, stickers, sticker brand, sticker flyers, and we stuck it, so slammed it on it. <laughs> and we started pushing it down my street. I mean, that was all I could afford at the time. That even cost so much money. You will not believe it. <laughs> Oh, wow. So we went from door to door and we were knocking on people's doors. Some already had them ready for us, you know, so we just take the plastic bag, the empty the plastic bag. So we were providing them with bags, you know, to store these plastics. So, yes, we were going to collect them from their homes because I was working at the time. Most times I'll schedule pickups for Saturdays. So very early on Saturday morning, I'll go around, you know, I'll pick up these plastics. I was using my home. I started from the garage of my home. That was my storage, my storage space. So um, we would collect all of these plastics and bring them into the garage. I mean, my family and close friends were the people I couldn't afford staff at the time. So they would come with me. We'll go and pick up these plastics. We'll drive miles, <laughs> you know, to take them home. Sometimes we have to take them in batches. We'll keep some of them at my in-laws. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, it's funny now that I think about it. We'll keep some of them at my at my in-laws because, I mean, we were using our personal car. We couldn't afford a truck or a van or anything like that. How many households are involved now? How many households are you reaching? Oh, wow. As of today, we have over 4,000 households that uh, we have reached. Maryam convinced friends and family to help her create awareness at schools, in households, at event locations and public spaces, and collect waste which she stored in her garage. And slowly, one woman created a movement. From there, she built up the company and currently has her own trucks driving around has several collection and storage centers and employs over 25 people. The business model behind it? The collected plastic gets processed into recyclable materials in batches, which she then sells to large companies and organizations that use this plastic to create new products. I'm sure you're not doing everything alone. How many people are, um, are helping you and who are those people? I, I can imagine part of them are plastic collectors oh yeah yeah so how big is your team yeah okay so um we have majorly we have admin staff so i would i would break it down we have admin staff about 12 of us whose responsibility 
cuts across day-to-day operations, business development, marketing, you know. So we have those people who are on a salary. And then we have the contract workers who earn at each location. Usually we have maybe like between 9 and 12 of them. We will soon speak about the biggest hurdles and with which mindset Mariam has encountered them. But before we get there, let's try to understand what propelled the business forwards. What were some of the most pivotal moments moving your company forwards? There's been some very pivotal points in our business, in our journey. And um, there's been different ones, actually. Um, One of them was getting into the Orange Corners Nigeria Incubation Program, an initiative of the Kingdom of Netherlands in partnership with Faith Foundation here in Lagos. Um, It was a critical time for us because, I mean, a lot had happened. We had literally almost shut down. I mean, resilience and my understanding, my why, the reason why I started in the first place, would, were the only things that kept me going, you know, and then just support from family as well at that time. So um, getting into the Orange Corners program was, was I mean, I, w- I went in with all my might, you know, and I was ready to win. And, and I did. I mean, so, yeah. Uh, and I mean, that's helped us to sort of get back on our feet And today the story is different. In this podcast, we believe in the power of working together. So I have contacted Cindy from the Orange Corners Incubation Program. Let's listen to what she has to say. My name is Cindy Ezerioha and I manage the Orange Corners Program in Nigeria. Um, So Miriam Lawani is our cohort four incubatee. She joined the Orange Corners Incubation Program in 2020. She's definitely one to look out for in the waste collection business. During the program, she proves to be very dedicated and committed to her business development. She's um, she's a great entrepreneur to look out for. And we're solidly um, in support of her and behind her. I'm just curious, like, uh, what does it do to you listening to this and how important uh, are those kinds of partnerships to you? I, I mean, I feel, <laughs> uh, like I said, oh, wow, I feel honored um and interestingly just motivated whenever i hear these kinds of comments it just makes me realize more and more how so many people look up to me i are are cheering me on um and i can't fail them right you know so it's it's fuel for me it's actually fuel when I hear these kinds of comments and it just makes me also very grateful and humble for how, how far we've come, um, in Green Hill Recycling, how far that journey has been. So I'm very grateful for the OCN partnership with the funding. We're able to get a mini, excuse me, get a mini truck. Um, which we still use till date. Now we're able to get more, you know, buy more and and even get bigger vans and all that. But I mean, without that f- that funding at the time, it was impossible. 
And um, because you said that before COVID, you had a team of uh, over 20 people. Um, and then at one point during COVID or just after, you were actually just by yourself. Yeah. So you went from over 20 people to just you. Mm-hmm. Um, you must be very, you know, must have a strong perseverance for that. And uh, you seem very resilient. What do you think shaped that resilience in your life? <laughs> um I think my mom, interestingly, um, now that I think about it, uh, my mother, my mother growing up had at different stages, different challenges. And she always, she always found a way around it. I mean, I think it's different things. Even my brother, you know, then he would tell me, you don't give up. You keep trying, you don't give up. And I think it's just my trust also, my um, relentless trust in, in the power of God and just understanding that, you know, dark days don't last forever. Um, there's usually light at the end of that tunnel. So I think it's a mixture of my faith in God and my, my, my family, just how I, how I was raised. I I don't understand. No, (laughs) I don't understand the word. No, there has to be a way, you know, so it's just how I am. Uh, Looking back, what have you found most, most difficult in your entrepreneurial journey? Um, Most difficult. I think it's just the toxic nature of the system that we operate in. I think that's the most difficult thing. The most difficult thing is just the lack of ease of doing business. You know, everybody just wants to have a piece of the pie rather than support to make the pie bigger. But like sometimes you can have the feeling that um, everything is against you, especially as you say, when you feel that your environment uh, or the structures of your environment aren't supporting you. What advice would you give to other entrepreneurs who are experiencing the same but still want to move forward? Well, I would tell them to seek help. I mean, <laughs> the first the first thing is don't keep your mouth shut. You know, talk, talk to people, network, try to be in the right spaces, try to be, con- you know, just push yourself out there. Nobody will do it for you, you know, so... Um, be in the right, try to be in the right spaces, get help. Because interestingly, it's funny how um, we don't seem to get that support locally. And there's so much support externally waiting for you to take it. Just seek talk, talk about it if you, when you feel the need to put yourself out there. And then You'll find the right right opportunities. You will find the right people who believe in that solution that you provide and will support you. But to sit and say, oh, this isn't working, oh, this, you know, and give up is, is never an option. Should never be an option. Of all the things, you know, that need to be changed in Nigeria of, of today, what is the change you want to see most in your environment? I want to see people gainfully employed. I want to see people content and be glad about the jobs that they do. I want people to be able to fend for their families. But just having a, the basic, decent standard of living where you don't have to 
permutate and calculate before you can put food on the table for your children. Mariam, if I'd ask you to dream big, what are your ambitions for the future? Um, so actually, in, in the coming years, we plan to be across Africa. I mean, our mission is to create sustainable solutions to the waste management crisis across the continent. So not just creating solutions within Nigeria, across several states, but also going across the continent to other African countries where there is a waste crisis as well. Like you had mentioned in one of the questions to say how, you know, disturbing it is when you see across Africa what's happening with the waste management system. So for us, it's it's being able to scale and even go as far as con, con, um, completing the loop, right? So producing materials from these recyclables locally that can become commodity, that can become household materials or equipment that can be used locally in our industries here um, across Africa. So for me, that's the big vision for Green Hill Recycling. I have full belief in you. I think you're um, extremely energetic and um, I wish you all the best of luck in the next years. I'm going to follow you. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> There's one more person I must not let down now. Wow. The list is increasing every day. Thank you for having me. Thank you for your time and thank you for your kind words. Thank you for listening. I hope you'll join us the next episode for another inspiring entrepreneurial journey or maybe even start or continue your own. This podcast is powered by the Ministry of Foreign Affairs of the Netherlands and the Netherlands Enterprise Agency. For more information about how they can help you propel your business forward, please visit rvo.nl.